0: listen to this podcast. Welcome to I Am the Podman, a Beatles podcast review. As you may have guessed, I am the Podman.
1: No, you're not,
0: said little Nicola. I Am the Podman will take a magical look at podcasts about the Beatles and review them for accuracy, production value, and entertainment value, and then answer the question Is this podcast worth listening to? As always, I'm recording in Studio Number Two at Shabby Road Studios. Number two, number two, number two, which when turned back to front sounds suspiciously like. Turn me on, Padman. Turn me on, Padman. Turn me on, Padman. And yes. I know that would sound much better in stereo, but George Martin insists that the first four podcasts be in mono. Thank you for listening, and please don't forget to like and subscribe, preferably before you listen to the show. Thanks again for listening. A splendid time is guaranteed for all. Episode 1, Please Pod Me. Hello and welcome to the premiere episode of I Am the Podman, a Beatles podcast review. Sugar Fairy,
1: Sugar Fairy. Early take. he has a voice which sends shivers down the spine.
0: Please keep that in mind for later in the show. You know, on my premiere episode, I said I would only be reviewing podcasts and probably wouldn't stray from that format very much. But I also said that I was often known to lie, and to start off this first actual episode, I'm going to make that come true. I want to talk about some other things, because it is such an amazing time to be a Beatle fan. That's not always a good thing. There have been some pretty unpleasant memories in the last few weeks. To start off, on the 5th of December, we lost Annie Lane and I want to send out my condolences to his family and his friends. Denny was an incredibly important part of Wings during what I would consider to be the heyday of Wings, Band on the Run, Venus and Mars, the Wings Over America Tour. We will miss him and his incredible talent. Of course, closer to home, on November the 29th, we recalled the 22nd anniversary of George Harrison's transition from the material world into the world of light we miss him all the time
1: natve vaham ja tuna sam natvam neme janaadhipa na chayava bhavishyama sarve vayamata param natvevaham natvevaham jaatunasam jaatunasam natvam neme natvam neme janaadhipaah janaadhipaah nachaiva nachaiva na bhavishyamah na bhavishyamah sarve bayamata param sarve bayamata param
0: and then of course on December the 8th, the 43rd anniversary of one of the most uncomprehensible acts in history, the murder of John Lennon. What a voice that humanity lost that day, and it's never been replaced. What we would give to hear what John would think about and sing about in 2023. 2023 has been a pretty unpleasant year in many ways as we headed into the final few months the world seemed to be in a pretty sorry place some awful wars uh, the light of freedom seems to dim minute by minute if only there was a light in the darkness <laughs> and then as they did so many times on November the first we heard this
1: I know. It's true. It's all because of you. And if I make it through, it's all because of you.
0: A voice that even in that early version sends shivers down the spine. I defy anyone listening to this podcast to have been watching that wonderful documentary on the Beatles' final song, Now and Then. When that part played, if you weren't sobbing, there's something definitely wrong with you. The world didn't earn a new Beatles song. In fact, just the opposite. But it was a gift from the four Beatles to all of us. And on November the 2nd, now and Then was released. On the third, we saw Peter Jackson's sure-to-be-2023 award, Grammy Award-winning video. I don't want to spend too much time talking about the song Now and Then itself. Suffice it to say that other than a few malcontents, the song was universally loved, sold millions, and made number one in Austria, Germany, Japan, and of course, Great Britain. It only made it to number two in the United States, unfortunately, but I'm going to say that that was probably due to voter fraud. Now and Then was also the first number one Beatles single in Great Britain that was not credited to Lennon and McCartney, being credited only to John Lennon. The consensus seems to be that the song is a fitting end to the Beatles' legacy. The song, which to my mind does seem to be about the relationship that John had with the other Beatles, and specifically Paul, had many listeners thinking about their own relationships, friends, and family, or the Beatles, that for one reason or another are no longer with us. The universal emotions and ability to see ourselves in the lyrics made it a real Beatles song and great art. Watching reaction videos, and believe me, I've probably watched about a hundred. And seeing people from all walks of life break down only confirms this. And speaking of breaking down, Has anything made you laugh and cry at the same time as much as Peter Jackson's video, which was released on the 3rd of November? Rarely has a music video done such a wonderful job of complimenting the song. But now and then and the video have a far greater significance to the Beatles story. I think it represents the final step in the altering, some might say whitewashing, and some might say finally getting a more accurate account of the disintegration of the greatest band of all time. The narrative of the Beatles' breakup was unfortunately dominated by Lennon remembers John's interview for Rolling Stone that subsequently, much to John's chagrin and expressly against his wishes was turned into a book. There are so many problems with Lennon Remembers, and one of those is that it poisoned the well for 48 years of Beatles' narrative. The interviews were conducted by Jan Wenner, who was neither a journalist nor able to understand British humor or specifically John Lennon's humor. If one has the opportunity to listen to the actual tapes of the recording, it's very clear that John is in a much more jovial mood than the written word would indicate. At the time of the interviews, John was also influenced by two pretty despicable human beings. If you don't believe me, take a listen to John's interviews from 1974, when he was temporarily, at least, free from both. The 1971 bickering in public and in song only confirmed to the public that for the last couple years, being a Beatle was sheer torture. In the following years, there were glimmers of hope. Dumping Klein, The Lost Weekend... And here a word of thanks to the beautiful May Pang for the influence she had on John's life and music. And other factors made it seem that things might improve, but there always seemed to be an obstacle. The anthology really didn't make any huge strides to change the narrative that had been in place for the preceding quarter of a century. Then, in 2018, we got the White Album. The outtakes didn't sound like recording the double album was all that miserable. In fact it seemed like the boys were having fun. That was followed in 2021 by Peter Jackson's monumental Get Back series. Suddenly, the, quote, most miserable sessions on earth seemed to generally show that while there were a few rough patches, the Fabs were still a good little band of age-old friends. Now and then completed the circle. The song went from this... To this... song so full of love and longing for his mates and his partner that it's a wonder someone didn't erase it. But she didn't, and 46 years after it was written, it became the final Beatles song, and proof that magic is real. So I think now is a great time with all this now and then talk to listen to a bit of the Mona Lisa twins. Mona Lisa twins are two sisters, Mona and Lisa, from Vienna, Austria, who now live in Liverpool and perform frequently at the Cavern. I have to say that the quality of their singing and playing has improved dramatically with every new release. Without further ado, here's a little bit of the Mona Lisa Twins doing Now and Then.
1: I know it's true It's all because of you So
0: Wagner with Now and Then. You know, I think they put this together and released it about a week after the Beatle release on November the 2nd. So vielen Dank, meine Damen. Das war sehr, sehr schön und ausgezeichnet. Fröhliche Weihnachten. I'll talk a bit about the November 10 remixes and reissues of the Red and Blue albums a bit later in this podcast. But first, let's get to the reason we are all here a podcast podcast review. Now normally, I'll review a podcast and keep you on the edge of your seats, waiting with bated breath, whatever that means, for my verdict on whether you should listen to the podcast being reviewed. But since this is the first podcast I'm choosing to start with, you know I couldn't choose a clunker. So without further ado, I'm reviewing one of the best Beatles podcasts out there. I am the Podman, a Beatles podcast review. No, 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 I'm wrong. Actually, it's Chris Shaw's fantastic podcast, I Am the Egg Pod. Now, one of the reasons I'm choosing to review this podcast first is because I was putting together this podcast, came up with what I thought was a totally original and witty name, did the artwork, everything was ready to go, and then I realized one of my favorite podcasts is Chris's I Am the Egg Pod. And I thought that's awfully close, but different enough that I didn't think it would be a huge problem. But I still do need to give Chris an extra amount of respect, since I did kind of steal part of the name of his podcast. I Am The Egg Pod started in January 2018, and I'll be reviewing episode 125, released on November 26, 2023. In podcaster Chris Shaw's words...
1: Hello and welcome to I Am The
0: Eggpods with me, Chris Shaw. The Eggpots take a jaunty stroll through Pepperland, discussing the Beatles and solo Beatles albums with a potpourri of delicious guests. And Chris does have some delicious guests indeed. Those guests include Mark Lewison, I'm guessing you've heard of him, Samira Ahmed. Samira is the award-winning journalist who was responsible for uncovering the historical recordings of the Beatles from April the 4th, 1963, concert at Stowe School in Buckinghamshire. If you haven't already, take a listen. You'll be glad you did. Other guests have included Rob Manuel, Ben Wheatley, Jenny Boyd, Michael Lindsay Hogg, David Quantic, Julia Bard, Anne Nightingale, and of course, the great Neil Innes. One of the many highlights of I Am The Eggpod is their day-to-day podcast in January of 2022 for each day's Get Back episode. Chris and his delicious guests would review that day's specific episode. It's a monumental undertaking, and Chris pulls it off with his great Beatle knowledge and his sense of humor. For those who haven't listened, January 2nd is right around the corner. Watch the January 2nd portion of Get Back and then listen to Chris and his guest. That Day It's Actor John Bradley, discussed the January 2nd part of the film. You'll be glad you did, and it will be a wonderful way to start 2024. Today I'll be reviewing I Am The Eggpod" episode 125. Chris's guest is Liverpool's own musician Ian Brody. Ian was a member of Big in Japan and the founding member of the Original Mirrors. Ian was also a member of former Deaf School's lead singer Betty Bright's band and played lead guitar on the LP Rhythm Breaks the Ice. That's one of the Podman's favorite albums. Take a listen. (laughs) ¶¶ Brody began performing as the Lightning Seeds and scored several hits. He produced albums for numerous bands and continues writing and recording at his studio in Liverpool. Ian chose Revolver as his topic for this cast. Revolver had twice been the object of an I Am The Eggpod show. Episode 74 featured musician Andy Bell and episode 5 featured comedian Jay Freeman, both talking about Revolver. The lads much easier than saying Chris and Ian. Start the episode by wishing John Lennon a happy birthday, as the episode was recorded on October the 9th, 2023. And Chris mentioned that Ian has a new book out, Tomorrow's Here Today. Ian recounts meeting Alan Williams, who offered to manage him, as well as Bob Wooler while drinking at The Grapes in Liverpool. Ian chooses to discuss Revolver, but says it's impossible to pick a favorite Beatles album. But he sees Revolver as when the Beatles became icons. The boys then go through all of the songs on the Revolver album. Notable standouts were Taxman, of course. Ian loves it for its humor, but also reveals he doesn't have the 2020 box set. What?! Interestingly, Ian says that because the Beatles were so magical, he avoids doing anything remotely Beatly in his own music.
1: Pure and simple every time Now you're crying in your sleep I wish you'd never learn to weep Don't sell a dream you should be keeping Pure and simple every time
0: boys discussed the art of sequencing albums, or the lost art of making albums work. They both mentioned that George had three songs on the album, and unfortunately Chris says that perhaps the reason George had three and John had so few was that John was having a hard time coming up with songs for Revolver. When I look at the album, I see the album as pretty much a split between John and Paul with six songs each, if we credit both of them with Yellow Submarine, and George with three songs. I don't think John was having a problem coming up with songs in 1966 at all. Ian sums up Revolver as mesmerizing, and who would disagree? I Am The Egg Pod is a wonderfully produced podcast, and Chris Shaw is a fantastic host. One of the things I like is that Chris is always cordial to his guests, even if their beadle IQ sometimes is rather low. After a guest might say, "Solgen Pepper, that was 68 or 69. Chris will quietly in the background say, 1967. Which I always find funny, because with Chris's Beatle knowledge, I'm sure Chris could say, 1967, actually, May 26th here in England, and June the 1st in the U.S., although through some chicanery, Radio London played the entire album multiple times on May the 12th, and it officially premiered on Kenny Everett's show, Where It's At, on May 20th. This is how knowledgeable Mr. Shaw is when it comes to the fabs. So, my verdict while sometimes, but rarely, the guests aren't quite delicious, I rate I Am the Eggpod as a podcast every hardcore Beatles fan should listen to, and in fact, one of the top podcasts out there. Good on you, Chris. It is. Here's a little section I like to call Media City. No, no, John, it's Media City, not Meat City. So, uh, sorry, Mr. Podman, I completely misunderstood. I hope you can forgive me. Not to worry, Johnny, you are forgiven. Thank you kindly. Anyway, on Media City, I'll be talking about, talking very briefly about, various media concerning the Beatles. They may be TV shows, books. Today just happens to be a YouTube channel for Parlogram Auctions, They also have a website, of course. Andrew Milton of Parlogram Auctions is a very knowledgeable Beatle fan who also happens to run an auction company. The YouTube channel, Parlogram Auctions, is fantastic with new episodes every Sunday. I definitely will recommend that. I definitely will recommend the site. Check it out.
1: available the only authorized collection of the Beatles the first two record set encompasses the Beatles 1962 through 1966 Strawberry fields. the second two record set continues with the Beatles 1967 through 1970 These incredible collections, totaling 54 tunes, have been selected by the Beatles. Available only on Apple Records and Tapes.
0: As promised, I want to talk a little bit about the Red and the Blue albums that were released on November 10th in remixed and amended form. First thing, the addition of songs to both lps necessitated that both double albums were expanded to three record sets think about that a band that made records for eight years and released 11 and a half albums yellow submarine only counts as a half has six discs worth of greatest hits but that's not to say that everyone was happy with these lps some people were upset with the price but really Why would records all cost the same? Why would an album by The Beatles cost the same as an album by, say, Nickelback? Do Patek Philippe's cost the same as a Timex? Of course not. The second issue was the additional tracks. Everyone has their own favorites that they thought should be included, and to my mind, failing to add tracks like Anytime at All, Rain, or Happiness is a Warm Gun is inexcusable. Then we come to the remixes themselves, and here I'll share a little story. Are you sitting comfortably? Splendid. I'll begin. When I was just a wee pod man, actually you could say pre-pod, I won a stereo system and a complete Beatles record library. Thanks, 93KHJ, 93KHJ! It was 1974, and not everyone had a stereo, much less one of their very own. Now this was 74, and there were no prospects of any new Beatles music coming out, ever. So being an inventive 14-year-old, I would hook up two cassette decks and synchronize Beatles songs to play on the turntable and the first cassette deck. Then I would mix the tracks together slightly off-sync. Voila, new Beatles mixes. Then University Stereo was blowing out the Pioneer SR202W Reverb box for 9 bucks, and more new Beatles recordings were created. Adding reverb made me a teen Dave Dexter. So here's my point. Some of the new mixes sound amazing, and some of them are dreadful. But that's always been the case with the Giles Martin remixes. But it's a new way of hearing the songs of the Beatles. And you know that can't be bad. Besides, it's a reminder of how fantastic they were. Oh, and just another brief point. We OG Beatle fans, yes, I was in front of my TV on February 9th, 1964.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles
0: ...sometimes tend to be a bit curmudgeonly. Probably not a real word. Especially when it comes to new fans. With Now and Then and the new Blue and Red, a whole new generation is being introduced to the music of the Fab Four. If you don't believe me, take a look on YouTube. Let's welcome them to the magic of the Beatles and save them from the mostly garbage music they listen to. All oh, the children sing. sing, sing. My next podcast review is the cast Blotto Beatles. Blotto Beatles first started in May of 2020 and currently has 72 episodes. Today I'm reviewing episode 71 entitled I Swill, released on November 30th, 2023. I'll let one of the cast creators, Becker, introduce and explain the concept of the podcast. Hello. Becker here. Thanks for checking out Blotto Beetles. We are the world's leading inebriated interlocutors of the Beatles past, present, and future. Bringing you bi-weekly episodes where we discuss a single Beatles track to an excessive degree. Becker and Tommy are the hosts with executive producer Scotty C. and music supervisor R.B. also on the mic. The show features these four friends talking about one Beatles song per episode while progressively getting more inebriated. I will is the subject of this episode, Ice Will, and yes, they name every episode with a liquor pun. Some other examples are Hold My Tie, I Want Booze, She's So Heady, Drive My Sidecar, and Gee, I'm a Nerd. No, not really. That's Weird Al. (laughs) but it does give you a good comparison of the humor level. By the way, those had to be canned laughs. This episode starts with a brief discussion of trimming the White Album to a single album. You know, I'm, I'm not a great one for that. You know, maybe
1: it was too many of that. What do you mean? It
0: was great, it's sold, it's the bloody Beatles White Album, shut up. No, I can't state how much I never want to hear this topic ever again. They then discuss what they were drinking and, just an aside, let me assure both of my loyal listeners that the podman's lips will never touch alcohol while recording a podcast. I'm more of a DMT man. Oh, So after 20 minutes, we actually get to the discussion of I Will. While they refer to the recording as really weird, a couple of the guys reveal that it was played at their weddings. Any mood that may have engendered is ruined by a running joke throughout the entire podcast Hey, do you know what? And they insert anyone whose name is Bill, Murray, Shatner, Will I Am, Bill Gates. Do you know what Bill's favorite Beatles song is? I will, and then they laugh. Now, I can't imagine how much you'd need to drink to LOL at that, even the first time you hear it. Because of the length of the song, they refer to I will as a ditty, and note that there isn't a chorus in the song and only one middle eight, but do admit that I will is considered a standard. They're all amazed that I will took 67 takes, but note that the song is Difficult on acoustic guitar, and the session does include several other tunes. They then ask if John was protesting this song by not playing on a serious instrument. Then they are surprised that more instruments weren't overdubbed. Say what? The strange theories about John and Paul really take off from here, and it's really a bit of a waste of precious podcast time and pure speculation. It starts to remind me of this.
1: Kip Kaplan proudly presents The, the, History, the, History, the, History, the History, History of Rock and Roll. Tonight, Chapter 731, The Beatles. A Fan
2: Remembers. Let me set the stage for you. Scepted Isle, Jewel in the Sea, Silver Sea, England, Liverpool. Uh-huh, uh-huh, baby's crying. Mr. Lamb, Mr. Lemons. How are you doing today? I'm okay, but my wife sure is in pain. Mr. John Lennon is born. And Mr. Lennon comes and goes, Oh, that's my baby. He's going to be famous. And Mr. Lennon goes, Maybe he will, and maybe he no, won't. Okay, in that case, John Lennon was 15. And he had a band called Quallymans. a skiffle group type of affair where they play for catering. His friend Paul was 14. He joined in 1956. And then I called my friend George. And we renamed it Silver Beetles for obvious reasons. Then we went to Hamburg in Germany with Tony Sheridan, And he was dead. George turns around and says, You call that a backbeat? Oh, Tony's dead. Room service to Mr. Sheridan. No, he's dead in the bed. I'll take those rolls, please. Then Mr. Stein covered them in the noisy place. And Ringo, the one ring who was in this place, and I said, Mr. Best, you can't play. Mr. Ringo is highly sophisticated. Make him the drum player. Well, that's all for now, but we will be joined by you later in the record. The music director
0: R.B. talks a bit about the song's musical structure, and this by far is the most interesting part of the cast. The general consensus seems to be that I Will's power is in its simplicity, and that's the Blotto guy's conclusion. Not mine. They then play a snippet of Tim Curry's wonderful reggae cover, but describe it as a weird, new-age, police, talking-heads, white-guy reggae version. And they don't really like it. Mostly. The podman digs it, baby! Who, knows,
1: who knows how long, long i you. you? You know, you know I, I always always will. will. If it takes lifetime. If you... One of
0: Blotto Beatles' things is ranking all the Beatles songs, and I Will winds up at 18 on their all time list of Beatles songs. So, what's my verdict on Blotto Beatles? Well, if you have three friends with more than a Wikipedia knowledge of the Beatles that enjoy knocking back a few, grab some brews, get them together, and do your own version of Blotto Beatles. I think you'll have a much better time. Cheers. Thank you for listening to I Am The Podman, a Beatles podcast review. I hope you have enjoyed the show. Please remember to like and subscribe. If you have a Beatles-related podcast that you would like me to review, please feel free to email me at iamthepodman at gmail.com That's I am the podman at gmail.com. Now it's time to say good night. Peace and love, Imagine.